athleticism at Cox. He can go on the number of third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, uh, good to be back. We, uh, uh, You've obviously heard the, our show on the, the Bulldogs game. Yep. Uh, but... What you didn't know is uh, behind the scenes. Uh, behind the scenes in movie land. The, uh, probably the two kind of leading podcasts. If, I don't know if that's true, but I, I think they're the most we, common. We are. We're global, trending. We're, we're massive. Our good friends at, uh, at The Sash and Rob at The Sash, uh, we kind of talked about doing a crossover podcast and recording the audio. And look, uh, so it, look, it's something different for us, something exciting. And what we thought we'd do is we'll sit down and go, what's our two podcasts, best 22s Yep, for round one? And uh, obviously the, the idea being who's going to be healthy so and available. So that's what we did. We put all our brains together, me and Grant. And for about 30 seconds, we said, that's the team. That's so, exactly right. I think we think exactly the same. <laughs> so we were, uh, we've been doing that for a lot of years. So we went, yep, that's perfect. <laughs> so what, so, you know, we probably both thought it was going to be 30, 40 minutes, end up being about an hour and 10. Uh, so it's a long podcast today, but it's a really good chat with Rob from the Sash. Yeah. Just talking about how we think the best 22 is and, uh, uh, and just talk through each player how we think the year's going to go. So, look, I, I hope you enjoy it. What did you get? I like, out, mate, I like the one. I like the bit at the end when we um, stick around to the end because we we go from the back to the forwards. We go through the rucks and the and the uh, followers and the like. But right at the end, Rob's asked us a, a good question in that if there's one player back, mid, and forward that if they if we were to bring somebody else in, which player back, mid, and forward would be? The one that's in a danger, bit of, a little bit vulnerable. Yeah, they've been in danger of losing their position. Now, they would only lose their position because they weren't playing particularly well. But I mean, someone like Darcy Parish, he's gonna he's have lock. to, he's gonna have to play twenty-one games badly um, <laughs> before he gets dropped for the twenty-second game, right? So, um, so it's not going to be him. So it's it's one of the the players that you 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 think of down back. If he doesn't perform a few weeks in a row, two, three, four weeks, which is the guy that might actually be dropped for somebody else from the VFL? So I like that question. That was a, that was a really good one. Yeah. So look, uh, we'll, we won't leave. We won't be on too long. So seriously, this will be an hour and a half podcast. <laughs> so look, we'll go straight to it. We'll go straight to a commercial and you'll catch us talking with Rob after the break. I'll let you. I'll let you two start us off. So let give me your full backs, your deep back three, 
Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, super traditional, you know, back pockets, full back, but mm-hmm. just give me your full backs, the back three. Who are you starting with? All right, I'll read them out. You have a chat. All right. Um, starting off in the back pocket, um, just an utter revelation last year, and Ken Fletcher says he's going to be the, the best backman in the entire Essendon footy club. Um, that would be Jaden Laverde. Um, then we've got um, the big, the much maligned, in my opinion, um, and I don't know that he's going to win fullback of the year, but um, he's a good, strong player down there that if we can develop, he'll be great um, in Jimmy Stewart. Um, yep. And then the young Mr. Fix-It, we need a kid that can play on smalls, we need a kid that can play on talls, we basically need a kid that can play on Charlie Cameron. Um, yep. The Kelly kid, what's his first name? Jake. Jake no, Kelly. Jake yeah. Kelly, yeah. Jake Kelly from Adelaide. So that's our that's our uh, full back line. Well, I, I had a feeling that this was probably going to be the one that we would had the most agreeance on. So I feel like from from here on it's going to get a bit wild. But okay. yeah, I had the I have the complete identical uh fullback three, Laverty, Stewart, and Kelly. Um we'll get we'll get to who's in our halfback line next, but we've already saw in that practice match what Jake Kelly does by freeing up Jordan Ridley um, and yeah, also yeah. taking a small, which then in turn frees up a Hind, a Heppel, a McGrath, whoever it might be to be that more rebounding role. But um, I'll touch on James Stewart there because he talked about him being a line. And I, I think it's one of those, it is such a hard role and he's played up forward where he had some good moments and then basically didn't play football for almost two years, just about, but there isn't, you know, there isn't really many other options at the moment he 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 holds his own. Yeah. He's not perfect, um, but there's there's no stretch of me going. Oh God, you know he's going to get ten goals kicked upon him. Like he's going to work hard, and he's a brute. He's an absolute brute. He's a massive unit, and I, I look and think um, Reedy, um, the young uh, kid that we got coming through the draft pick, he he probably will take that position um, later on in his career. But he's very skinny at the moment, way underweight. And for someone like, I mean, if you're playing on the Monsters, Charlie Dixon and that would absolutely snap snap Reedy in half. Um, yep. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really – I don't mind Jimmy Stewart. I must say he tries. He's going to – I would be – I'm okay with the fact that if he doesn't – if he doesn't do something particularly um, fullback crafty, meaning he's, he, need, mm. he needs to learn or he doesn't quite have the full fullback craft, I don't mind yep. that. Um, mm. But when – when you need some big muscles down there um, and a bit of a, a bloke to bash and crash with the Charlie Dixons of the world, then that's your man. I must admit, I like with Stuart, you know, obviously I've go, I go down to training quite a lot. So to see him work so much with Rance yep. in, in kind of late November, December, Jan, uh, you can see how much his craft was improving one-on-ones. They did so many one-on-one drills uh, where – Rance was just almost in slow motion. This is how you do it. Uh, and I thought against the Dogs match, he was probably in our top six or seven, if you want to, as far as importance. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really, really, you know, so I thought it was really encouraging. I expect mm. him to improve a lot because I, I think people need to cut him some slack because yeah. he's it's his one he's done one year of development yeah. in a totally different That's role. The so the second year, you expect him to have a few more nuances just to work on, on his craft and Rance, yeah. Rance would be huge for him. So I expect a pretty solid Stewie this year. Yeah, and I think it's pretty hard when the bloke next to you has been one of the revelations of the, the league just about in terms yeah. of going from one position to, the, to another. Um, so you do get overshadowed there a bit where some people are like, well, Jaden can do it. Why can't you do it? <laughs> um, touching on Jaden, just like I did not see that coming. I did not no, think Nobody saw that coming. No. Compared- 
that well. Um, it was the game against West Coast where he basically gave Jack Darling a bath, so much so that he's not going to come back to the AFL, what I'm yes. hearing. Uh, <laughs> yes, so, people so, say it's COVID, but it's the bath. It's the it's, it's the, the yeah. bar of Palmolive that, uh, <laughs> that Laverde gave him. Yes, yes. So, look, he's just gone from strengths to strengths. And, um, yeah, like 12 months ago, I, w- I would look at our back sick and be like, oh, gee, there's a, bit, there's a bit of worry there. Whereas now I'm starting to be like, this is – very sound, very, very sound. It's, it's our one of our strengths now, in my opinion. Um, Laverde, I just, I just sincerely hope that he can back it up. Mm. Like we've, I've wondered what we're going to do with Jaden Laverde from the moment we drafted him, and we'd tried him forward, and that's great stuff, and he did a little bit okay there. We've tried him sort of around the mids, and okay, fine. He hasn't really found his home. My mm. lord, he f- he looked like he was home all of last season. He really looked like he was home. He could use. He's quick enough. He's tall enough. Um, he can take those marks. He could use his body on someone like Darling, who he's got to be given up 10 kegs to. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's that's one of the real key things for me down back is Laverde because I know Jimmy is maligned and I rate the guy big time, um, but one-on-one down there, if he had to do a hell of a lot of work, I reckon Jimmy could be in a little little bit of trouble. But yeah. with Laverde um, with him um, and as another marking and spoiling option, I reckon that back three looks solid. We know what Kelly can do. That back yeah. three looks real solid. And just on Kelly, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Rob, but I thought he had a really good um, way of deciding when to leave his man. Uh, yep. So there was points where he he really interrupted or went sort of third man up or cut off a cut off a lead. Uh, mm. He has a really good sense of being real either lockdown or helping out his teammates. So it adds so much flexibility. His kind of range and height and mobility to yep. our back six. So it's pretty encouraging that you know how defensively we can improve even more than last year. Yeah, and so one of one of the boys for does uh, our podcast. He's good mates with a um, one of the trainer at Leo Berry's gym in Richmond, which is a boxing gym. Okay. Yep. And from all reports, all summer long, hot days doesn't matter. Jake Kelly is in there punching bags and is the, looks you know basically there isn't an inch of fat on him. Essentially, yeah. he's just mm. up as they come, and that's what you want from a workman sort of defender. Like you think of what you know when when he was fit, what Paddy Ambrose offered. Yeah, right. He wasn't the most skillful player going round, but if you want a guy who is not going to give a forward and as you know a centimeter, yeah. that's what you can get out of this guy. And then whether it's tall or it's small, um, like you said when we first uh, read the names out, he is the Mister Fix It, and. Um, It'll uh, really free up these next next guys. I guess this is probably the good good time to segue. Just just before we get to that half back line, go for it. Am I am I Robinson Crusoe here when I say, is there any thought that Durham has more runs on the board at the moment than Kelly, so he should get the starting spot? No. Nah, not 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 for me. I think because of the because of the role that we need him for. Um, hasn't I think, played a game for us though. Hasn't played yeah. a game. But he's, but he's played games for other clubs, I think. And Spires, I think yeah. Dora would have looked at the time at Adelaide. And if you watched Adelaide last year, there was a lot of ball in that back 50. Um, you know, they had a lot of big scores put against them. Like, they barely touched it when we played them. But, I, I like, I spoke to a guy who does an Adelaide podcast, and I said to him, what do you think, Jake Keller? And he said, man, he's an absolute competitor. He said he can't kick. That was his opinion. Obviously, he might have been a bit sour that he left. Yeah. But he's an absolute competitor. And I think... Because we have such a desired role for him to shut down where, role, yeah, yeah. Whereas the you know the wing position, there is a bit, there are other options there. Like I feel like that's one of the, the few spots, and you know we'll come up to it in a little bit. But I don't feel like we've solved that. I feel like right now we're looking at 
our defense and we're going, tick that spot, tick that spot. Yeah, we feel like this guy's the tick. I feel like there's still big question marks on who our you know best wingmen are going to be this year. Yeah, yep, good call. Good call. Uh, I'll take us off with the halfbacks then, gents, and who knows, maybe you've got the same ones, maybe you don't. So I've started okay. with, I've got Nick Hind uh, as my first halfback. I've got the uh, the soon-to-be uh, 10-time All-Australian Jordan Ridley. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and the man we've just been speaking about, I've got Andy McGrath starting off my halfback flank line. Okay, there's the first difference. There's the first difference. That's one of the ones that Scotty and I uh, were talking about today is that we've got Heppel, we've got Hind, Ridley yep. and Heppel okay. uh, on that halfback. And I guess I know everybody's seen Andy play back there um, uh, this preseason and Scotty will absolutely, you should have a chat, a bit more of a chat on that subject, Scotty. But I reckon Hepps absolutely has the runs on the board down there at the moment. And Correct. I think... McGrath going back is just I think it's a it's part of an overall plan to have that guy captain in the not too distant future, right? So it'll probably be Merritt after um Heppel, but then McGrath after Merritt. So I think Andy's gonna I don't know how many years Hepps has got left in him, but I know Andy's probably gonna go down there and take that general role down the back, the old famous Luke Hodge role yeah. um, that's been famous in uh, modern footy. And I think Hepps deserved to be on the field. Um, yep. To start, and Andy can uh, can sit there and come on off the bench. Yes, yep. this is the this is the one we debated. So uh, we only debated when we put our two teams together. We debated just this move. So one of us had McGrath on, and one had and Heps on the bench, and yep. one had Heps on. So we uh, we just you know sort of said, look, he's the captain. We'll put him on the bench. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think the idea is. You know, honestly, if, if McGrath lines up at halfback, we're the least concerned about it. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> it's also a big call to put the number one draft pick um, starting on the bench. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we're very mindful of that fact. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you, you're right. Hindy's – no one's taken Hindy's spot. That's just a given. Nah, um, he's, that's a lock. Rids, Rids is just – without even thinking you put the man there. Um, yep. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a very, very nice issue to have. Heps, Heps or McGrath, McGrath or Heps, which one would you like, basically? Yeah, well, when we organised to uh, to do this show and Scott and I were messaging each other, that was originally it was pre the, the Bulldogs game and I had McGrath written down on the wing for my team and then I watched the game and I was like, well, he's not really playing on the wing much, is he? So I can't really put him there for the <laughs> moment. So uh, that ruined my plans. Um, Hindy, I mean, maybe it was just the fact that we were pressing up, but it, it did feel like to me that he was pushing up quite high up the ground um, yeah. in pre-season game, which I did take note of. Not sure if that was just... You know them just going, yeah, have a bit of fun, or if there is a bit of a thing to him saying, try and push up if you are, if we are trying to pin the ball in there. Because you know, we know St Kilda originally picked him up as a small pressure forward, didn't really work out. Um, I mean, I think we'd all like to see him stay at halfback, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it's one of those things where you know, we haven't got Kyle Hooker the swing man anymore. Maybe it'll be Nick Hine the swing man. It felt like it felt like to me in some ways that that Hine, Heppel, and McGrath. We're kind of doing a rotating back to push up, and yeah. and almost like Hindy had his quarter where he pushed up. Then sometimes you saw Heppel at half forward, yeah. uh, and then you saw McGrath starting to push up towards the wing, and uh, so it was interesting. It, they've got a few little tricks up their sleeve, I think, in their rotations, yeah, and to keep the opposition guessing, and uh, which is nice for a tactical side of Essendon. Um, but uh, it's it, it's an interesting one. I, you know. It's always funny when you do a best 22 and you say these are the back six, but in reality we all know there's so many rotations and different kind of – uh, that you, you line them up, but 
you know, McGrath in five minutes into the game could be <laughs> running through half back. I think yeah. you, I think your best point you're making on McGrath was his um, skill wise, because mm. there is something about a McGrath when the field's ahead of him, where he sees yep. it and mm. has more calm yep. with the ball, and for some reason takes on the game more. Um, yeah. So. It, and he's he's got the ability to run because he's he's, yeah. he's very good at running and he can the the twenty to thirty meter runs and sprints and stuff that we saw when he was a rookie, they're the ones that yeah. evasive skills that he's got out of half back and then the twenty meter kick to get out of um out of trouble. It's going to be great. Yeah. I, I think that's a massively good problem to have. Um, mm. Heppel's an old wise head down there, knows what he's doing, and you can just swap him with McGrath at a moment's notice. So that there is no problem with that half back line. Correct. Just one last point, uh, just on the, the rotation thing as well. I think this year, as we'll see, like, you know, I don't think we have a, a superstar forward in our side right now. We've got guys who are quite promising, but we haven't got that guy who you can go, he'll kick 40 plus guaranteed. So I think it's going to be very important for this year that in games where, you know, our key tools or our smalls are being well held, the we have guys who can we can get a goal or two out of. Yeah, Hind and Heppel, we know we can get goals out of. They can push forward and they you know can be good shots at goal. McGrath not not quite as much, um, but it's yeah, it's I think it's a good string to have in the bow. Um, agree. Absolutely. Yep, agree. Do you guys uh, want to take us through your your middle line? The wingers in the center, I guess. All right, so uh, wing center. So we've got Langford on one wing. Yep. Uh, we've got Dylan Shield in the center. Yep, uh, and we got Coxie on the other wing, so we're we're kind of going with the the height on either side. Uh, we do like the idea because of the Colwell, Parish, and, and sort of Merritt being quite small in height. Mm. We're, we're our thinking is to add some marking to that midfield, uh, and we with Cox and, and Langford. So that's kind of the uh, the the branch trust. And Shield is always going to be top two in clearances. He was he was second yep. in clearances. Against the Bulldogs, so um, you know he normally does kind of like that role, and I think he's getting much better at clearances. So I still have him as an important player that can get us some clearances when uh, when sometimes we're struggling. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. I've uh, well, second time it's happened. I've got the identical three. Um, I Cox was the one I really, really uh, was really weighing up because. Uh, when you come to the, the latter part, especially kind of the bench, he was one for me where I was like, I could very easily just have him on the bench and I could also very easily take him out and then play a smaller, more mobile option, whether it be, you know, Andy McGrath pushing up off the ground, whether it yep. be Shield going out and spending some time on the wing. Langford and Cox both have tremendous marking power. Langford is a beautiful kick, as we know, but I wouldn't say either of them are very quick. Um, mm. Cox is for a guy his size. Um, and I think that if we take, like I, I harp about them all the time, but if you take what I think are the two best women in the game, which is, you know, the Melbourne pair um, yep. in Langdon and Brayshaw, what they do better than anyone is they make space and they run all day. Langdon in particular, I feel like Cox can do that. Maybe Langford not quite as much, hasn't got as, as massive of a tank. Um, and that was the thing for me. I was sort of going, you know, when you come up against a side that has a real crafty, small, fast wingman, is it good to have these guys or you just go, this is the strength we've got. We've got two yeah. men who've got real good marking prowess, whether it be forward or back. Um, and that's what we're going to get out of them. So it was a con- bit of a conundrum for me, this one, but I've gone with Coxie just because, you know, he's a unicorn, so why not? Well, there's, there's a, there was a key play against the Bulldogs um, where they probably bombed it 30 metres out and Cox has sprinted down and 
you know, jumped in front at 200 centimetres and and marked the ball. And then, you know, not long after that, there's a ball going forward to us and Langford's, as he does, can find really good space 40 metres out. He constantly does it. That's the the bit for me. And and that's the the two strengths you go, that's going to really help the side because if Cox can help the defenders uh, and Langford's got a real knack of drifting forward and kicking a goal, yeah. Uh, I really like that kind of combination. Uh, and look, I'll be yeah, like I said at the start of the show, I had Cox sort of in and out of the side. Um, but in the end, you know, I probably favoured. Oh, let's get some gains into him. Uh, he, he might not be the world setter in in some games. He's going to have that kick that goes sideways out of bounds on the full now and then. Uh, but. In the end, there's a, such a unique, talented kid that's going to, you know, when 50 games are up, we're mm. going to go, thank goodness we drafted him. Thing is, though, who do you put in for him? Right? Like if, we, if we've, we've been sort of, all three of us have been sort of semi in agreement on what we're putting out on the side. So if we've got Langford, Shield, and who else goes on a wing? If not Cox, who? Well, I mean, you know, we spoke about Durham being one of them, but I, I feel like right now, you know, I, I don't know if I have him in my best 22 at the moment. What, what I sort of see is going, it's someone else pushing up the ground and playing a wing role who you could put somewhere else. Maybe you're playing Perkins off a wing. Maybe Heppel's going out to the wing. Okay. Yeah. Or Merritt spending just a little bit of time there. I feel like that's sort of, for me, a position where rather than going, this is the one guy, I've got sort of four or five guys who can all sort of spend time there. Yeah, okay. uh, to make To make room for guys who... I think might be better um, than someone who's just a bona fide winger. Sure. Yeah, um, uh, Sam Derman was the name that okay. came to me. I had him probably if he said a month ago. Uh, Excuse me. I, I, my logic was kind of thinking that we picked him up from the VFL halfway through the year, and yep. and now he's had a, a like a preseason. He was a uh, defender though, VFL, wasn't he? Yeah, half yeah. back, but he okay. definitely does play wing. Like okay. he can play oh, wing. He's, he's quick enough. He's got the he's yeah. got the stride for it, definitely. So I kind of wondered how much he'll improve with the preseason development at Essendon. So he's kind of on my. I won't have him in round one, but it wouldn't surprise me if he mm. actually improves like twenty percent and then starts really pushing down the door. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree. I agree. Um, let's jump forward and we'll get to our half forwards. I'll I'll start us off with this one. So uh, I'll start with Archie Perkins, who, gee, after uh, after the Bulldogs game, he, that kid is just a f- first name on the sheet just about every week. That was uh, a beautiful game. Uh, and then I've got the uh, the classic centre half forward, and always Essen and love a small centre half forward. So I've gone with Will Snelling. Uh, and then I've gone, <laughs> I love that. And then I've gone with uh, Jake Stringer on my half forward line. Okay, all right. So this this could be interesting, um, depending on where another name goes a bit later on. We had um, we had the perk um, on a half forward flank. Then yep. we've had um, Aaron Francis. Scott and I both agree that you have got to have this kid in your side. Um, yep. He's he's. We've been down to the hangar. We've seen him. He is as fit as he's ever been. Um, he's running out games now, and I think forward is now where they're going to play the guy. That's it. Um, they've got. They realise that between him and Ridley, they've got two bulls in the one paddock down the back um, back line there. So they're going to see if they can make Francis a forward. So a roving centre half forward. Um, you could replace Jones with Francis if you wanted to, but we've got Francis centre half forward, um, and then we've got the package on the other uh, half forward flank. Beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. I think like we all we all know that the role which um, which uh, 
you know, Mr. Stringer will be playing this year that um, start in the middle, push forward. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's su- such an asset to have when he's there. Like he, there was probably maybe what, three, three or four games last year where he basically won it off his own boot exactly for it. Right. Or, yeah. or at least took us right to the line and we almost did. Um, and then like, I, I know you guys will have him in your side somewhere, whether it be full forward or potentially on the bench, but, Will Snelling for me has just gotten better and better and better and better. Mm. I had I had a lot of knocks on him at the start, and he's getting this point for me now. And like I did a little little short pot on um, on Thursday, and I was just saying, if you look at all the guys who've come through that preseason draft, um, obviously Pickett for Richmond, everyone was saying, oh, he's the best so far. You know, he's got two premiership medals to his name, albeit from walking into an amazing yeah, team. Exactly right, but. Will Snelling is 25, he's 30. In five years' time, I feel like we'll look back and say Will Snelling was the best player taken from the mid-season draft. I'd agree with that. Uh, and I, I think I think that's where he's heading. He's almost the most reliable kick in the team when it comes to setting someone up. Um, he's just hard out at the ball. Pressure. And yeah, everything else. And then you see how much the club rates him because he's always up there in, you know, in the Crichton medals. So, um, yeah, I had to have Snelling on the park. Just yep. on no, just on Snelling, and I totally agree because you'll hear his name soon. <laughs> uh, one of the most interesting things I found in this preseason um, yep. was how much he engaged with truck, yep. and to the point where some drills he was actually part coaching alongside truck, mm. uh, and I'm talking like half half kind of half oval drills, so midfield to forward line. Mm. Uh, and they and he was almost helping running it, and he knew the system and the game plan that he wanted down pat, and he was talking right in front of me on the fence, so analytical, and talking to some of the guys. I need you to be here tonight, ten minutes to the left. If this happens, if this stoppage happens, and it, it just showed me. I went, it's this is where I wonder if this is where Truck really loves him that we would never have an idea of mm. of stealing. Is is he an on field coach? As well, like is is he actually has so much value to truck, not just mm. in his game, but how much he's reminding guys of the system and how to set up. So it was something that I'd never seen before, and yeah. and I was like, wow, that's that's really really impressive. But again, the Bulldogs, two what he kicked three goals, yeah, um, just does his role perfect. Top mm. three Crichton. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just an amazing story because when you see him stand next to him, you go, how are you playing football? But, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that, but he gets everything out of himself, mm. mind mind and body, and uh, all credit to him. And just look, just on Francis, I know some people might go, Ugh. I know he might be a, a name. I can only go by what I've seen and I understand the scepticism. Uh, but this is by far the best I've seen him mind. And, yep. and body, and mm. he's moving so much more quicker. Uh, I know he wasn't electric against the dogs as an actual forward, uh, but prior to that, he actually had been playing really well. Nelly, probably for about three or four weeks straight in the, in the match teams in Ninja Club, where he was kicking two or three regularly every game and just looking really dangerous. Yep. Uh, so uh, I have a bit of confidence in him that there's something that's happening with 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 Aaron that's. It's finally, and I'm hoping you know, Laverde took seven years. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that uh, this is Aaron's moment where he can uh, do something that we just didn't expect. If he's he's too talented, he's too talented of a kid not to have 
in the side. He's there was there's lots of questions about Aaron. Does he stay? Does he go? Um, do we trade him? Is he going to be um, the number? What was he five pick or six? Yeah. Um, is he going to be that good? If we're now clearly he's staying and we want to play this kid, and if we're gonna if he's going to stay at the club, he's ridiculously talented on, talented on his day. Um, so if if we're going we're going to train him as a forward. Then let's put him in. I, I, we've got him in our side because he's mobile. He can run around. He can take grabs when he's up and about. And you got to put a decent defender on him because he'll kick him from fifty and anywhere inside. So yeah, yeah. It definitely has to be in our side. Yeah, and I think just you know the way a lot of modern forward lines are set up, you've kind of got two you know real key pillars, and then you've sort of got that mid sort of sized option there. Yeah, uh, who, who can get around and um, yeah, like it's hard. It's hard hard to leave someone out. Uh, like that. Um, let's move forward uh, even further, and we'll get to the full forward line. I think it's uh, whose turn is it? I, I think I did last one. Who's, I'll, who's up? I'll go. Go, Scotty. So we've got Righty. Uh, yeah. Two meter. We've got we've got, oh, yeah. we've got seven We've got Jones and Snelling. So yeah. we've just basically got the Snelling role a bit more closer to goal. But um, but uh, yeah. So that's yeah. I, I think that works pretty well. I I don't know if it's you know, I was telling Grant this the other day. Look, I don't think it's going to – our forward line has a massive fear to the opposition, but mm. it, it it does enough damage that you have to play well against us. Mm. But the key part to me with our forward line is is how much the Langfords and Cox and and the Merritt, are they going to start kicking some goals mm. um, uh, to help us out? And that will be a key part to this year. Yeah, I think it's it, it shows how it, it's so valuable having you know midfielders who can kick goals as you see by any of the you know top four sides in the competition. It's one of the reasons why I'm so excited about Archie Perkins because even I've got him listed as half forward. I think we all know that down the line he's going to be a full time midfielder. Yeah, he's a big full time midfielder who can go forward and take a contested mark. And mm-hmm. you look at guys in our side, although they're amazing what they do. You know, Mary isn't a, isn't a marking forward. Parrish doesn't do it. Heppel can occasionally do it when he's playing midfield. Uh, McGrath doesn't do it. Shield isn't like a contested marker. But, you know, seeing Archie Perkins uh, against the Bulldogs just go up there and take contested mark against some big defenders. And I was like, gee, we, like when was the last time we had a midfielder who could do that? Basically, it was probably Joe Watson almost. Mm. Uh, so very exciting there. I'll give you my three. Similar, but I do have a slight change. So I've got Jones uh, and Mr. Seven Seater as well. Mm-hmm. For my forward pocket, knowing that I feel like we do need a, a, another small who can kick goals, I've got Devin Smith in my forward pocket because I do yep. feel like we need yep. someone who knows where the goals are, continue, considering we're not going to, you know, have uh, have Waller for the first maybe month or so of the season. Um, and he's a guy who, although, you know, divides a lot of opinion amongst uh, supporters, uh, I think he's first 22 at the start of the season. He may not be there in 12 months or he may still be there. Who knows? But I think round one, um, Devin Smith is going to be on the park. Yeah, we can see that. Absolutely see that. No issue with that because uh, Devin himself will admit that this is the first prison he's had probably in two or three years. So, you know, I from what I – from my vision is he's moving as well as he has for a long time. So I expect a pretty good year from Devin. I, I'm not happy with the uh, – with the AFL crackdown that you can't say anything to the umpire. I'm a bit worried yeah, he's about in that. Trouble. He's so in trouble. There, there could be 750s. Rule, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be disaster for, for Devon. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they'll uh, the, the 50s will keep banking up and they'll be having a, a shot from Flinders Street just to get out. <laughs> That's so. exactly right. You might as well just, if Devon says it, you might as well just give him a goal because yeah. he's going to say it again and again and he'll be kicking it from the square. 
Yes. <laughs> our, our solution was that he learns another language and talks it under his breath. I like that. Not bad. That's yeah. not bad. <laughs> probably French Russian language. at the moment. Russian, if you'd yeah. probably learn that, yeah. um, that, that could probably be <laughs> handy in the future. Yeah, that might, yeah, might might not go too well. Might not go too well. Um, Harry Jones is an interesting one. Like such a such an arrival, I guess, on the scene for us and supporters who, you know, because of the you know the twenty twenty season, really didn't get to see much of him. Obviously, he was on the road. He, he was injured, um, and just such an immediate impact for a guy who, you know, wasn't a, a first round pick that gets all the hype that a lot of kids do. Yeah. Um, I you know watch him run around on Wednesday. I was like, you know, he's put on a bit of size. He still seems so small for a key forward, but like, I feel like he's the one that you know really could be anything of uh, of, yeah. of our key forwards there. Like Peter Wright, we've seen what he can do. Like he did in that doggies game last year, he kicked seven goals. But you know, Jones has just got that extra sort of bit of something about him, um, whether it be his ability to push up the ground or even just you know quick turn and then have a kick. Um, if you can get, you know, 25, 30 plus goals out of Harry Jones, and I think we're having a really, really good year. I, sorry, I, I agree. Uh, I think Jones is the X factor yeah, in this because uh, I think my expectation is for the next two to four weeks he'll be rusty because he, he actually has had a probably about eight-week, eight to ten-week stretch of just not yeah. being on the park. So I hope – I'm just sort of telling fans just to be prepared for that. He and you could see it on the Bulldogs, right? He since when does he kick like that <laughs> uh, for goal? It was, it, was, it was pretty much like round one last year, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, the more games you get into him, the more he'll he'll shine. But yep. he has he has so much talent that I I just feel like I don't know where the ceiling is, and it could be quite scary where the ceiling is for him. The way he kind of glides and just across packs and and sort of one grabs and and I, I really rate him. So he may be like a year away from really breaking out, but boy, he's an exciting prospect. He's yeah. the, he, like you said, he's the X factor for mine. We know we're going to get out of righty. Um, we know we're going to get out of Snell. You know what you're going to get out of Stringer. Perkins, we're beginning to learn what you're going to get out of him. That's another X factor ish, but Jones could be a lot of things. He, like you said, he could play deep and take marks. He could be leading up the ground and take marks. Um, he's, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. The club rate him through the roof. Um, Dodorio and the and the team um, traded up to get the man, so they they rate him through the roof. Great start to last season, showed a lot of potential. And like you said, Scott, he's, he might be a bit rough um, early. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to him taking consistent grabs and having consistent shots at goal. Agree, agree. Um, we'll move ahead to the the followers, um, yep. which I feel like we might be pretty, pretty similar here. Uh, but got I've got uh, Big Sammy Draper, I've got Darcy Parrish, and I've got Zach Merritt. I'm going to suggest the Easiest <laughs> picks in the entire list right there. Um, S. Draper uh, is a big, strange, odd-looking unit, and we love him. Um, yep. He's I, another player that I'm wildly excited to see what sort of progression that he makes this year. Um, he's got all the talent in the in the in the world he can jump out of the gym um he's got a he's got an x factor he's a weird unit and i love him um so i'm waiting to, i'm waiting to see what he brings this year and then along the same lines with um with Darcy Parrish went ballistic last year just just i mean 
Darcy's been a great player. We've wasted the man in a half-forward flank position for a good long period of time, yes. but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> chuck him on the ball full-time, and he goes insane and gets every position the possession that ever there was. So, yeah. I'm re- again, it's another one a bit like Laverde for me is to go, oh, please don't tell me that was a fluke. Please yeah. don't tell me you've had a Shane Wo Woden season yeah. and that's it. Hopefully he can continue on. He doesn't have to get 40s, man. Seriously, he doesn't need to get 40s. I yeah. just I want that consistency out of um, uh, Parrish. And then the same for Merritt. That that step-up season that he had again last year for the, that really showed the A-grade footballer that he really is, hmm. that centre line is as good as anybody in the comp, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And it's... It's pretty exciting that when you you go through the the whole AFL competition, you go all right. Let's talk about those. You know the centre square and you know the grand final. Like Melbourne won that grand final, what five minutes just from plays out of the centre square. There's you know there's only like it's basically the sort of the sort of top four sides you're looking at going. They're the ones who really sort of threaten us. But I think it's one of the reasons why last year we did smash so many bottom teams is that because that engine room just starts us off and. Mm. Yeah. You know, looks everywhere else. And it what's really exciting this season is going, you know, when when we play Geelong around one or when we play Melbourne in round three, or I mean even Brisbane, their first three games are all against some really, really good midfields. And if these guys can start getting on top of um, you know, uh, a Jared Lyons or a Lockie Neal, or whether it be Parrish or Oliver, uh, sorry, yeah. um, or Oliver and um, Petraka for periods, or um, Dangerfield and so on, whoever it might be, if they can get on top for periods, how much damage are we actually going to be able to do? Um, yeah, there's big raps on there, and there's two blokes who will be definitely hoping to go back to back all Australian. I, I must admit, I, uh, I'll ask you, Rob, in all honesty, can you believe the levels that Parrish? Is now out. Like even even I was watching the Bulldogs game, right, and going. I'm just wondering when do I get to the point where I go, and I say this sincerely: Are you the best player in our club? Because yeah. he is improving at such a rate, mm. and and you know, prior to the Bulldogs game, he played three inter clubs, and he kicked no less than two goals every time. He would float down, and he had would have had the 25-30 and just sheer dominated these inter-club games. In the Bulldogs game, he has, what, 31 possessions, five yeah. clearances. And I keep going to myself, what is your ceiling? Because because yeah. it's getting like it's getting like to like, man, I'm actually thinking of putting some money on you for the Premier League because I, <laughs> I think you're – if you start kicking goals this year, then – you know, your level is going through the roof. That I'm not sure I still, what else I still pinch myself and going, I can't believe I'm watching a guy improve that much. Mm. It's yeah, it's such a such a rapid rise, I guess. Considering you know where he sort of was before, and I, he was, I remember, I remember him saying in, in, in an interview at some point last year that even though you know he got he was played as, as a half forward or even was in and out of the side at times. He's always sort of said, he's like, I didn't feel like my fitness was as good as it can be. Whereas yeah. now I feel like it's there where, you know, he's obviously as big as he can be. He's probably not going to get much bigger than this, but his running and his tank is there that he can just go all game. And it's the ability to run all game is the games that players get these, you know, crazy high numbers. Yeah. Because yeah. If you can't run out of game, you're not going to be getting over 20 touches, let alone 40. Um, and you're right, Scott. It's that, can he become a midfielder who, you know, has these 40 plus games, but if he finishes the season with 15 or even 20 goals, you know, 
lock the all Australian, but you know, Easy. call up Sportsbet and place a bet on it because that's that's what that's the territory. That yeah, we're that's in. the territory. He has to go. Yep. And you need those guys if you're going to win flags. Every team who wins a flag has a genuine, just dominant midfielder, usually a couple, but you've got that one guy who you just know he's going to walk out there and as long as he doesn't get injured or has some, you know, crazy sort of tag go to him, um, he's going to get a heap of the ball and do a lot of damage. So Darcy, yeah, Darcy has the potential. Look, right now I still think Merritt is the better player on, you know, sample size. I think all agree, but, you know, it could only be a month of football before Darcy goes, no, 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 I'm, I'm the top dog. <laughs> exactly right. And that's that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I agree. Merritt's, Merritt's decision-making and, and and ability to to set us up uh, is still so elite. Uh, yeah. But if Parrish just has, say, improves 5 or 10% on his ball use and starts mm. kicking goals, then, and he's still pretty young, to be honest. Uh, yep. I feel like he can. If it just, you know, for that rate, to improve by that margin, it just, I still feel like I'm shocked by it. And, and you know, when I see him down at the hangar, it, it's, this is not going to let up. Like I can yep. see it straight away. I go, there is no way he's, he's, that's a one-off year because he's killing him. He's destroying him. <laughs> Whoever's on him on in our midfield is, is getting towered up. So uh, yep. that's yeah. why I love the, I love the, the possibility of the club. That's why I'm so excited, especially this preseason. Parish, you know, he's going to go well. Laverde, if he if he continues on from last year, could be anything. Perkins could be really taking the next step. Sammy Draper could be taking the next step. So, I, I just think the the ability for I mean, Richmond finished eighth and ninth and ninth and eighth and eighth and ninth for a lot of years until somebody like Dusty and and those guys helped them take that next step into a, a proper elite club. I reckon yeah. we've got the players on the list to take us from very good to top three yeah. um, in the in the in the comp. So those those young like Harry Jones and, and Draper and Perkins and and Parrish and all those guys backed up by Merritt and Stringer and Heppel and yeah, yeah I, I'm wildly excited about this year. Said well said. Uh, let's move on to the bench, where I think this is where it's going to get very interesting. Very and interesting. also, um, we're also going to have going to have a sub as well, and that's also very very important. Ooh, sub, okay, we didn't think of that, did we? Um, so, uh, my bench: we've got Heppel, we've got Coldwell, we've got Francis, and we've got Mason Redmond. That is my that is my four. Okay. So okay, okay. Say that again. Sorry, I missed it. Say that again. So I'm starting. So knowing that you know they all spend about a minute on the bench before yeah. they come on. Yeah. Uh, I've got Dyson Heppel on my bench purely just because I, I I felt like I had to have other guys in different positions. But yep. Dyson Heppel will basically be the first guy running off, and whether it be into a halfback role or a wing role or whether he's yep. pushing forward, I don't know. Uh, Jai Coldwell is going to be in there. We we know there's a lot of potential in this kid, but you know he isn't starting ahead of Parish Merritt and Shield just nope. yet. He may one day, but not not right now. Um, Aaron Francis. You know, like you guys, I see the potential. I feel like for me, he's he, he is at a crossroads this this year for me. Yeah. I feel like Jaden Laverde was there last year. This is it for Aaron Francis, where he really has to take that big step and show that he can do it and he can be a real good forward in the competition. Yep. Otherwise, he may go to another club or he may not continue playing football. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I think he he gets the opportunity to start before someone else could potentially take his spot. Uh, and then lastly is Mason Redmond. Um, I love the Red Dog. Um, we need another a d- dashing sort of quick player in there. And, um, you know, we talk about guys who can push up and kick a goal. We yep, all love absolutely. it. Absolutely. Red Dog launches one from outside 50. So they're my four. 
It's pretty much same. Uh, Caldwell for us. Um, Redmond we've got on the bench. Um, I, I want Redmond in every side that I ever look at. I love the guy. Um, the fact that, I mean, you could replace him with Heppel easily without blinking. Um, Andy McGrath. We've got Andy McGrath sat on the bench just because of that debate that we had earlier about sheer rotation. <laughs> just sheer yeah. rotation. Does Heppel start or does McGrath start? I mean, that's yeah. a hell of a problem to have. Um, and then we've got Deb Smith. Um, yep. Sat on the bench, and again, I mean, he's he's going to be on just as fast as we can put him on, to be quite frank. So, um, yeah, same. I, and I must admit, I, I I try to stay calm with this, but I genuinely believe if Colwell plays injury free this year, mm. I actually think we become a top six side. I genuinely believe that if he yep. plays most of the year, I think he's more important than maybe other give people outside of Essendon may understand yeah. because what Essendon do really well is center bounce clearances. What they don't do well is around the ground stoppages. They're really right. poor in it. And mm. this is where the one player on the side will shine. And Caldwell around stoppages is a really, really good player. Uh, yeah. And so his health, even though I've got him on the bench, his health mm. is so crucial to us taking where we could leap into a very, very good side uh, yep. to sort of fill that hole that that I think we were almost something like 14th or 15th in stoppages. Last or something. So, yeah. um, it, it, we were pretty far down. Yeah. yeah so that's, that to me, Caldwell is, is, a, is a really key player in this as a, as a rotation and to help out. So... Oh uh, yeah, Redmond McGrath Smith. So uh, I think we're we've probably almost got similar names. I think just in just yeah, just, just in different orders. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> and well, on um, on Caldwell there. Like if you look at the the final last year, he you know he has been played all year. He comes in the side. He had almost the most possessions on the ground. I think at quarter time, or at least w- was leading at one point during that first quarter. Clearly after that, he ran out of legs. Burned he hadn't down. played yeah, yeah. yet. Completely burned out. If the guy's actually able to play four quarters, uh, then who knows how much ball he's going to be able to win. Um, I know a few mates of mine who do fancy fancy football are all sort of like, oh, should I get Jai Cole William? And I was like, man, if, if he's getting if he's fit, yeah. he could get pretty high numbers. Yep. Um, and yeah, you, you make a great point, Scott. We do need someone who's going to be able to win that tough ball around the ground because it's all well and good when Jakey String is bursting out of the middle, but you know, that's not going to win every single game. Um, we're going to need a lot more than that. Um, who have you got for your sub, gents? I know you might not have prepared one, but we had to look at each other very quickly. And- but again, it was a it was a quick nod. It's the it's the Iceman. It's Guelph, yeah. uh, Mister yeah. Fix It, um, backwards, forwards, wherever you want to chuck the guy. I, I love the fact that he's lasted this long at the Dons. There's yeah. um, there's plenty of other players who just will take his spot because. They're more specialised in that area. But you've got to love Guelph. You can chuck him anywhere on the field. Yeah. And he's got a reputation of being a fantastic sub. So I think we looked at each other and went, who's good at that role? And then uh, a lot of viewers will probably discuss Hobbs, so I'll let you. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Guelphie, yeah, I I think he's he's such a valuable. If we had a sub, he's he's extremely valuable in that role. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think if you're just going – into round one, you're looking to, you know, get the, the year off the right start, Saturday afternoon at the G against the Cats, get a win. Um, I feel like your best side, a lot of those guys, I mean, we almost had pretty much the same team, I think. Um, I think we did. Yeah. So 
Guelph is just a guy that you know you can bring in. As you said, if if Coxie goes down, you can plug him in there under the wing yep. or put him somewhere else. If someone else can push up. If you need a half back, if you need a half forward, he can do every single role. Um, you mentioned Hobbs there. Ben Hobbs will play this year. He'll yeah, play, agree. He'll agree. play a few games this year. That's just the nature of the beast. You know, you're not going to have 22 guys play every single game. Round one, he's not going to be playing, though. No. We've got a really, really good midfield ready to go. <laughs> And unless someone rolls their ankle, um, you know, touch wood against the Saints uh, in, in the next practice match, um, I think it'll be a couple of weeks um, before we do see him get into the side. But we will see him um, definitely get into the side. I'll ask you guys this. Who do you think is the most unlucky guy? If we know if Guelph's the 23rd man, who's the 24th man for you that you're like, oh, who can we're I get? Probably gonna, we're we're going to say the same name in Tommy Cutler. Already. Tommy Cutler. Uh, yeah. I, I reckon... He was. We weren't sure. We there was another name that we at the the lunchtime catch up. We were not sure about Tommy Cutler, um, yeah. about his uh, hard at the ball or what what he really was. And you can see what he's got. He's got. He's quick. He's got a dirty great big boot. He. We can see what he can do. W- weren't a fan. W- weren't a fan. We're almost gonna give let Tommy go for a while there. Um, but last season really showed us something about what he can do and the assets that he's got. When you use those assets, they're really, really valuable. And he also, he learned a bit more about the way we operate down back. He looked a lot more yeah. comfortable down yeah. back. So, yeah, if, if 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 I could get him in that side, I absolutely would. Yeah, probably him, yeah, and, I, Sa- him I, and Sam Derman would be very unlucky. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I think as well, like, well, actually, I'll ask you this one. This probably one you haven't prepared for, but I'll I'll throw I'll throw you guys a curveball here. Without so notice, yep. <laughs> if, without notice, from if you can pick one defender, one midfielder, and one forward, who is positions up for grabs? That if let's just say we have a bad start at the end, we lose the first two games. Who are the guys that if they're not performing are going to be the first ones to be? Um, you know, rotated out for someone else. Who who are you guys thinking? I've got a couple in my mind, but who, who do you guys think has a position that's up, up the ground? Uh, Francis. F- probably Francis. Yeah. Um, Francis in the forward line. Um, if mm. he's not if he's not doing those things that we need him to do, and they are to take contested marks, mm. be mobile across that half forward line. Um, mm. and even when the ball hits the ground, be better than be better than or as good as the defender um, yep. when the ball hits the ground for mine. Yeah, and I, I think I, I, I agree with you on, on Franger. And I think if you're Kane Baldwin, and it was Wednesday, was the first time I got to see Kane in the flesh, and I re- really like what he was doing. If you're Kane Baldwin and you want to play into this side, you're looking at our three key forwards and you're going, that's the guy who that's I can That's the guy. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. Peter obviously has the edge that he can be the Ruckman. Jones, as we know, has just got that sort of X factor about him, but he's the one who's looking to get in, um, you know, without there obviously being an injury uh, for someone. Who in the, you know, midfield collective do you guys think might have their position uh, up for grabs? I cannot pick one in there. Um, Probably for me, um, I'm only going by how I did selection, right? I put Cox in in the last yeah. two weeks only. So that kind of tells me in my mind that uh, – do I think he'll be a fantastic player in the future? Yes. Just for the short term, he's probably the most vulnerable if mm. he if he continues to get the 10 possessions, two or three marks, uh, and just not getting totally into the game because yep. a Sam Durham, Dam Durham will get you 18, 19 disposals, have a, yep. have an effect. So that that to me is is how I would see things as yep. he has to still perform. You can have a reputation and a low draft pick, but you still – we're we're a very good side, and I've got a f- funny feeling you just have to perform this year if you want to keep yeah. your spot. 
Exactly. And that's, it's, it's what you need. I'll throw a bit of a different one at you guys. And I remember we had, I had this discussion on, on the podcast when we, the draft was over, we got Ben Hobbs and I said to the boys, oh, if Ben Hobbs can come into this side, whose spot is he going to take? I think if you, if we're going to forget about the wingers tonight, if we're going to talk about that core midfield, core group, midfield. Yeah. I think Jai Colwell is the one who yeah. we think, we think the world of, and we think there's potential there, but if he plays a couple of games and yeah, he might, he might play great core and then burn out and fizzle out. I think he could be the guy who has his position up for grabs because we've seen some great things, but it's been a very small sample size and we know why. Yep. Um, but I think he's the one that has to go, all right, I need to get out there and play a handful of games and actually play well because there's a young kid with you know massive thighs who's really keen to get in there and play footy. Absolutely. I, look, I, I think that's spot on. I, as much as I rate Jai, he has to perform because we definitely have a need for that kind of player uh, and to have such a very good player <laughs> uh, right behind him uh, who, who's just as tough and in the clinches. Yeah. Uh, Jai, yeah, Jai's only played 15 games, so yeah. it's still up to him to to take the take the next step. I think he will, uh, and that, that I don't know where that leaves Hobbs, um, but, but I think I, we all know injury is going to happen at some point, and that's where he comes in. And I think, yeah. I mean, the, the, the direct line of succession for Hobbsy for me is in the midfield, and mm. it goes with, and again, knock on wood, I hope he plays for 50 more years, um, but if Hepps goes, Hepps retires or, <coughs> excuse me, for the fourth time, um, uh, Hepps gets injured or something along those lines, Andy yep. McGrath's the standard um, swap for Hepps down back there. That frees up that midfield position that Andy was playing last year. Mm. Um, and that's just can be handed straight to Hobbsy. So if Andy's yeah. going to play all of his footy down half back, that frees up that midfield position. Hobbs walks straight in for mine. Yeah. Um, for the defenders, for me, I, I think the one who's probably, I guess there's probably the group that I would say is almost the sort of most tight knit, but I feel like uh, Mason Redman is the one that if he does have bad form, would yeah. have someone yeah. like Cutler come in and take his side uh, as they are the more, I guess, you know, attacking style defenders who you want to be using as an outlet. Whereas our key lockdown types, although we've got, we know we've got, you know, Brand Zerk Thatcher who can come up from the VFL and ideally when he's fit, we'll see a few games from Zach Reed at some point this year. Yep. Um, but he's the one who go, we've got a guy who's shown that he can do it um, and he could potentially take his spot. But look, I think it's a great problem to have because uh, if we're all sitting here going, yep, we've got, 20 great blokes and a couple of average blokes and we've got no one else. We'd be very worried coming the season. But <laughs> I think we all look at all look at our list and, you know, I, I reckon we'll, I reckon we'll see Tex Wanganin early in the season. If, if McDonald tip Moody's out and we want to give a, a live wire small forward chance, I, reckon, I think we might see Tex um, early in the season. I wouldn't be surprised. And just, just adding to that, Nick Martin looks a really good player. <laughs> like I, when I saw Nick Martin a couple of times this month, I must admit, I, I, I thought there's a touch of carousel about this guy uh, where he reads the play really well and finds space. Uh, and, yeah, I, I must admit I really rate him highly from what I've seen the last month or so. So, you know, I, I, I was you know, I was talking to Grant earlier on. Uh, this is going to be an interesting year because uh, say if – you know, there's a, there's outbreaks in, in clubs and that sort of stuff and you're missing yep. missing some players. Hmm. Uh, the fact that, you know, Waller's come back and training and probably would probably realistically say around four, just we'll say as a thing. Yep. Hurley's ahead of schedule. 
um, might be okay around round six or seven. That's what my little whispers are hearing. Um, mm. And then you have Reed, who's now going to start full training in a couple of weeks. Uh, we got the McDonough dude just sitting there. And then you've got the, 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 the Baldwin, Hams, Waterman, Durham, Cutler, Hobbs, Guelphie. You, you're starting to see a, a, a much better depth club in, in, in all areas. So it, it, it's – and to, for them to be, you know, I think we're probably around 95% healthy going into mm. round one. Yeah. This is as good as we've had it. <laughs> like this Speak, is a- speaking of depth, where does Ham fit in? I think I'll, I'll take this yeah, one. Go for it. I think we're going to. So I think Braden Ham will start the season in the VFL, um, yeah. but I think he's got, going to probably be given a fair bit of license there to get a lot of ball. And if we if we backtrack to remember when Kyle Langford, you know, went out of the side and then went back to the VFL, I feel like they're going to try and make him a bit of a project player yeah. for whatever yeah. role that is, and then give him opportunity to come back because, you know, I was talking about wingmen who can run all day. Yeah. Braden Ham can run all day. Um, and you know, there's he's got plenty of knockers about him, but I think that there's I don't think this is the last of Braden Ham, is basically what no, I'm saying. I, I like him a lot. I think, I think I think we'll see him again maybe later this year if you know the list is, is definitely stretched, but yeah, I, I don't think this is the last of him. I don't think you can ignore that Truck played him 20 times last year. Uh, yeah. that's that's like a little bit too much, it's not like nine or ten games when you play 20 games. There's obviously something that the coach goes is something I like yeah. that I like yeah. um, yeah. that you're you're either first in you know when injuries happen to come in. Uh, he's obviously put on probably four or five kilos. He's a lot more broader yeah. on the shoulders this year. He's yeah. kicked two or three in the VFL when they played on the weekend uh, and played really well. I think it was almost like BOG. So yeah, he, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Uh, and you know he's 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 got a good not he's got a nice left boot and uh, so yeah it's it's another one that I go probably you know playing twenty games last year you, you could easily say he's unlucky that yeah. he's not considered best twenty two so yeah well said well said gents it's been a fantastic hour um, we're running an hour which is fantastic that's <laughs> that, right. that's how much we've got to talk about we can talk. <laughs> Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, now that was a decent interview. We really enjoyed that. Ah, awesome. Uh, Rob was so cool to work with. Uh, I love his way he thinks about the game. Uh, yeah, it was – that's just classic Essendon fans talking Banging pre-season. on for an hour, basically. <laughs> it, it kind of gives you evidence of how excited we both are. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, look, I'd like to obviously thank the Sash for – Having having us on, and you know, um, and the audio will go through both shows. So, uh, massive thanks to Rob. Uh, great conversation. Uh, mad, we're all mad Essendon fans. We're all excited about the year ahead. So, more, more so this season, a little bit. I, got, I heard it in his voice too. Like, and we we were exactly the same. And that's why the the energy matched well with this something this season, man. This season. It's, there's, there's a little bit it's extra. It's a little bit scary, just a isn't it? little just, bit extra this season, methinks. No, no. Look, um, thank you to all our Patreons as normal who, who support the show. Absolutely. Uh, uh, massive, massive help for us. Uh, if you're not a Patreon member, you can go to to see Lunchtime Catch-Up at Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash the Lunchtime Catch-Up. Uh, it's it's only three or so dollars a month. So, yep. uh, yeah, come come check out. We have all the, obviously a lot of exclusive content that we put out on the team show on Thursdays when the season starts. We do the after match uh, reaction shows, and on the odd occasion, we do a, an odd little 
uh, Zoom catch up where we all catch up or just a unique show where we have a guest on that's yeah. just for the Patreon. So uh, It's going to be interesting this year, Scotty, on the, on the Patreon too with the first eight games being at Marvel and Scotty and I, like a team of wild horses <laughs> is going to have to stop us from being at those games. So the directly after the game uh, match review... That might be a little <laughs> bit delayed because we're going to be on our way uh, on our way back from the foot. Yeah, like traditionally, if we're being honest, we started that because of the with COVID and, and the hubs, and we're always playing interstate, and yeah. we obviously couldn't go to the game. So we would get on ten minutes after the game. We're obviously going to do immediate reactions when we're interstate or down at Geelong or yep. wherever like that. In those kind of scenarios, um, but. You'll just have to be patient with us. That we'll probably do it like next morning or so. Yeah. Um, when we're when we're at Marvel late at night <laughs> and we're actually out there as fans. So but it should be a huge year. Uh you can hear the excitement in all our voices. So thanks again for supporting us. Uh hopefully some big shows coming up. Uh I think we've got Cal Toomey coming up soon. So Cal's gonna be a big show. So yeah, uh exciting stuff. Uh yeah. Awesome. Um, thanks, everybody, again for listening. We will uh, we'll be back probably very soon with uh, another pod, if not the next ones for the cow. So thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us. Thank you. Ed. And that's two in a row. Two in a row from Scotty for the outro. This is Amateur Hour. Amateur Hour.